God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the men and women who are gathered in this room. God, I pray that you will be with Carter as he walks us through the story of Adam and Eve and how we can seek and sense belonging through this story, look at friendships and companionships and how they matter in your holy kingdom. In your holy name I pray. So, this one is a two-parter, so like we're going to be doing part one of Adam and Eve, um, and this will be, like this story focuses on Adam and Eve, like pre-fall, so like before they sin. Um, so that is found in, let's see, Genesis chapter 2, and it's, it's going to be verses 15 through 25, so... Would someone like to read this story? The Lord God took the man and placed him in the garden of Eden to work to work it and watch over it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree of the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For on the day you eat from it, you will certainly die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper corresponding to him. The Lord God formed out of the ground every wild animal and every bird of the sky and brought each to the man to see what he would call it. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the sky, and to every wild animal. But for the man, no helper was found corresponding to him. So the Lord God caused a deep sleep to come over the man, and he slept. God took one of his ribs and closed the flesh of that place. Then the Lord God made the rib he had taken from the man into a woman and brought her to the man. And the man said, This one, at last, is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. This one will be called woman, for she was taken from man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and bonds with his wife, and they become one flesh. Both the man and his wife were naked, yet felt no shame. Felt no shame. So, just any like brief reflections from just like reading the text, real like kind of through. Man needed somebody like him. Sure. <laughs> a friend. Yeah. This is one of my favorite, Genesis 1 and 2 are like some of my favorite <coughs> chapters of the Bible. Um, it's just beautiful, um, kind of the language. So God has created the world, um, and then he has created the garden, and he forms man from the dust, and he plants him in the garden to work the garden. Um, and he sees that man is alone. He says, it's not good for man to be alone, like, or for human to be alone. Um, and so, you know, Adam starts naming all these animals, and he's not finding someone that's like a suitable partner. Um, God puts him to sleep, and then creates a woman from a rib. Um, so that's just kind of a brief retelling 
And these are some reflecting, reflecting well, questions. Say, yeah. It seems interesting as you're telling that, kind of paraphrasing that story, that it wasn't immediately noticed to God that it needed to be another human. Like, the way, at least the way it reads is that he's going to make a suitable helper, and so that's when he forms the animals. Like, he's, he's on this mission, and then it kind of comes to a realization of, oh, it has to be someone who is just like him, mm -hmm. like just part of him. And, and how so often we want to find replacements of whether it's isolation or, you know, it's just me and my dog or, like, it's me and work or whatever is a suitable thing. We want to, we think we can get our joy and our passion with that, but the truth is we need other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and as, as readers... We know what the phrase, and you will die, means. We have the, the advantage of viewing the story in light of mm -hmm. the rest of the book, the rest of the Bible, but I'm curious as to what the man might have understood God to mean by saying, you shall die, when he had just been created. Mm -hmm. Like that, the concept of death had not even been introduced yet, yeah. at least as far as the, the text is concerned. Yeah, that's it. Um, something that came to me is thinking about, you know, why did God create everything in the first place? And then if it's relationship, especially since that's what we're talking about, like thinking about him making all those things first and finding no, not the right relationship until he made <laughs> man going from all to Um And mm -hmm. then, then the same thing is, went through the same thing with Adam. Adam looking at all the things and saying, oh no, still not in the answer was another human. Really yeah. Interesting to think That is so cool. That's a really good like reflection on like the parallel kind of process that's going between God and Adam in this. In kind of the way that he does it in chapter one where he creates everything and then man is last. And then Adam like finds all these animals and then like Eve is last. Yeah. That's, that's great. I want to bump up against something a couple people said of, um, until he found someone just like him. Well, Eve's not just like him. Sure. So the community that he's looking <clears throat> for is a community of, there's already diversity. Sure. And that is what's good and what is needed. And what is important about Eve not being just like him? Just, I, I, I just find that I was like, you know, we need to be in community not with sameness, yes. right? Like we need um, discussion and mm -hmm. different ideas and even different viewpoints of looking at things. Like that's when it's good. Mm -hmm. The the like phrase that is it's translated a lot of different ways, but it's like a like suitable partner or. Um, like a, a suitable helper, something like that. Um, and th the phrase in itself, like, I think the word suitable in Hebrew kind of has this, in, in one sense, it's, there is, this person needs to be sane in some way, so like human, but also needs to be different in some ways um, than Adam. So, yeah. Any other uh, 
Just like journal reflection before we keep going. I prepared some questions. So. <coughs> Those are all great. So, and you can, you're, it's okay to look at the Bible for this, but what is, what is Adam commanded to do in the garden? Work it and take care of it. Work it, take care of it, yes. And what else is he commanded to do? Anything except for one thing. Right. So, work the garden, don't eat this tree, right? Yeah. So, I think you nailed it. Um, till the garden, right? And so, like, vo- like, you have vocation, right? He's planted and he's given a job to do. Uh really eat, but don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so, he's also commanded to listen to the voice of the Lord. So these are two things that are very important in, like, what he is supposed to do. Till the garden, and don't eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So he's listening to the voice of the Lord. Specifically, so it says, like, it's not good for man Adam which in Hebrew Adam can refer to the man Adam and it's also like the word for like mankind as well so it can it can kind of be like this both and um, just as a word like this is Adam in the story as well but it's not good for man the word Adam is used to be alone and so what is it not, what is not good about being alone
And there's this phrase that continues to pop up, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. You mm-hmm. have everyone going off um, and doing what they, what, what they see fit. But at the end of the book, in chapter 20, the Levi, the <coughs> concubine, it's only once she is effectively raped and um, murdered and cut up by her um, husband, it's only then where we get this phrase, then the Israelites gather together as one body to figure out what went wrong and how do we mend this, how do we fix this. And so there's this sense that, yeah, being alone, well, there's, there's, there's good times with that in solidarity and, and um, one-on-one with God. There's also a time to do that in community, mm-hmm. and you need others to also, um, you know, just to be accountable, to recognize your own wrongdoings, and sort of not just be off on your own and, and, um, and go straight. There, there could be negative and positive things. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to me that even before sin entered the world, Adam it wasn't good for Adam to be alone. Because I think, for me, when I think about being alone, it's because I'll get stuck in my shame spiral or I'll think of all the, the negative things or I'll have a, an unhealthy relationship with what I think of God, who God is. Mm-hmm. But in this case, this was before <coughs> sin even entered the picture and he was in a clear relationship with God and yet he still didn't need to be alone. Yeah. And so I, I just find it interesting that it's a... It's not. It's not just because of the negative side. It's also because just in a in a perfect world, you're still not. It's still not good to be alone. Mm. Yeah, I like that thought. And the the Hebrew writer, this is my thought. The Hebrew writer wouldn't have known about the Trinity probably, but like reflecting on the story now through like the light of Christ, like God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So like God is relational. And so, like, human beings are designed to be in a relationship as well. So that that's just, that reminded me of that. What about also if, um, I love this fascination for the same Yeah. Um, <laughs> what if also, if we're a reflection of God. Yeah. And he needs, Adam needs another reflection. He needs another reflection of God. We need other reflections of God. Mm-hmm to know God. Mm. Like, that could also be something. Because we're talking about really two different things, being alone and being lonely. Yeah. Um, and so I think maybe that could be another component of it. It's just needing that reflection of, yeah. of the creation. Sure. I like that clarification because just because you're alone doesn't mean you are experiencing loneliness. But being alone can lead to loneliness. Yeah. I've, all, I've, I've tried to work into my language the difference between isolation and solitude. Because mm. I think solitude is a good spiritual discipline for me. Yeah. But isolation is not. And so I'm just going to sometimes <coughs> be in solitude with someone else, just not talking or just like being in the room or going for a hike and not saying anything. Sure. You're still practicing the art of solitude, of, of being quiet, of kind of folks, you know, what's around you, but you're not engaged with someone else, but you're still not alone. Mm-hmm. What do you think the text means when it uses the word helper here? So, Just from a, a practical standpoint, I'm thinking about the this vast um, garden filled with animals and 
plants and so much to do. So I'm thinking a co-worker to take care of this, this paradise yeah. that's been given to them. Yeah. It's just interesting that even in paradise, you still need a helper. And after the fall, it's, it's really just even more so. You need someone else to lean on, um, and they will be a little bit of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even in paradise, that was that was true too. Yeah. I think also, I mean, if you do reading about the word, because of course it's such a such a thing with gender equality, sure. you know. But I mean, cause, because like the way that it's translated, and this is our people's opinion, but that we think of helper as like a maybe a lesser than type partner, sure. but that word ezer ezer konegdo is actually used many times in the Old Testament referring to God, mm-hmm. as in God will be my helper. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there, that it's a very strong word. It's not like I need anybody. You right. know, I need somebody who can help me. Right. Yeah. Right. It's it's not it's not somebody who um, you know is. is is in a role, I mean, I say a submissive role, I mean, mm-hmm. but I think when we say help meet or helper, that is our English connotation for how women are, are viewed. Sure. But that is a very strong word. It's like a help from God. Mm-hmm. God is my helper, and she was that to him. So they are obviously working together. I like that. In a very strong way. So recognizing that sometimes we read, like, an English connotation into an English word when it was... You know, the word azer is specific, right? And you're actually ahead of... I have a slide in here about the oh, word sorry. azer. No, no, you're, you're great. I just had to make sure... Teach it for me. Yeah. Teach it for me. Because I think it is sad because yeah. it's so misunderstood. I know, and that's why I put this here. Right, uh, and, yeah. and it's not like... If you have a different opinion, it's not wrong, but I think it's okay. I want us to like talk about it and hear about this, right? Right, because yeah. I think it is it is like a mutual thing. It's not like, okay, so now she's in charge of the garden. No, they were they were together. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's interesting because they were talking about the manual labor side of it. It's not until the fall that there even becomes a separation of what a man can do versus what a woman can do. And so it made, makes me think of that even in the garden, like, thinking through horticultural landscaping. You know, like yeah. these huge trees, these huge things that they need, they need help with or they need carry with. And the woman was there right there. There was no there was no difference. Yeah. And, and that's something that we we focus on the um, the side of uh, having a less than. Like we focus on the the, the female, you know, until, where the scripture says or, you know, or maybe not have as strong muscles, or they'll, they'll focus on the differences, but here, they're equals. And that, as as Josh talks about, you know, bringing this more to mutuality, as opposed to one over the other. Sure. Like, she has the same vocation, right, and the same task of listening to the voice of the Lord, just like Adam does, right? And this can be pretty short, I think, but what does Adam's exclamation mean? <coughs> like, at last, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, this one shall be called woman, for out of man this one was taken. So, isha is an- another Hebrew word for woman, and ish is a Hebrew word for man. So, um, I just wanted to put that there.
some silly level, it's kind of like when you're in high school and you find someone that has the same commonalities that you do. Like, it's, oh. Yeah, it's like, finally, it, yeah. You're my people. I mean, it, I just named millions of species and <laughs> nothing is, and now, I, yeah, now, finally. Like, wow, that's, that's pretty much it, I think. So, Ezra, Ezra is used many times in the Old Testament, mostly referring to God as helper. Um, Exodus 18.4, the name of the other, this is Moses' son, one of his sons, Eliezer, um, which means, like, my God is my help. For he said, the God of my father was my help and delivered me from the sword of Pharaoh, right? So, helping deliver people out of slavery. Deuteronomy 33.26, there is none like God, um, O Jeshurun, who rides through the heavens to your help, uh, majestic through the skies. Psalm 33.20, our soul waits for the Lord, he is our help um, and our shield. And Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2, I lift my eyes up to the hills, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. So these are just examples of where this same word is used in other parts of the Bible. Every time you read the word help, I wanted to preface, every time you read the word help in the Bible, it, it's not necessarily using this word azer. Um, like Eve, I think she declares, um, like after she has, like after like 4-1 in Genesis, where it talks about like um, Adam knew Eve, and then she says like, the, like God helped me make, like make this child, that's a different word that's used, just so you know. Um, Therefore, a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife, and they become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were unashamed. Um, I think real quick, I want us to like break up into like our local groups and talk about what this might mean, like what it means for belonging, what this might mean for a marriage or something like that. So, yeah. So, were there any, like, reflections that people are wanting to share about, like, how this verse might, like, relate to belonging in some sense? Or, like, want to share something that you've been talking about? You don't have to. I find it interesting. Moses wrote the chapter. So they, at the time, Adam and Eve had no idea what mom or dad was or child. So it's almost like a reflection from the writer of it, saying, after all this, mm-hmm. this is what I come to Nice, yeah. It, do you mean like there's some sort of, there's like an innocence and in just like who they are, or? Yeah, they, I mean, they don't even know the truth. Yeah, but sure. This, so this, this plug into this part of the book, to me, is narrative. Something from the writer saying, all this information now leads to this. This yeah. is the reason why you do this. Mm-hmm. I accept those and I accept you with those. Um, 
and how that's a beautiful part of relationship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's something to be said about the background of, you know, when this might have been written, because this could have been written well within the time where Israel was in exile, and so, you know, Babylonian exile. So they might be reminiscing on the past, and they, and they, you know, yearning and desiring to get back to that communal aspect mm -hmm. and that relationship with God, you know, while they're... <coughs> in shackles or while they're working for, you know, their overlords or masters, they mm -hmm. might be trying to get back to that garden of paradise, so to speak, and, and when they were one with, literally walking with God. Yeah. It's also interesting to me that even, even when this was written, there was still the understanding that there's going to be a struggle about leaving your family, like the man leaves the family, clings to the wife. But that, that to me, I read that in, in some. There's going to be difficult. Like it's not. It doesn't. That doesn't read as easy to me. You know that it just immediately leaves his family and, and his mother and clings to his wife. But that's to me. I read that maybe that's my own struggle of how to become your own self. But it's it's the the. That as part of this process, that it's not just you become married and you become one flesh, but it's you become your own self and cling to your wife, and that's when you become one flesh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because when I read this, it, this part like twenty four almost seems like it's a ref like the writer's reflection, and then like goes. Right continues story. right into the story. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's just what I was... So, thinking about, like, the idea of, like, vulnerability, like, what does that mean? Um, this is the Hebrew word. It's, um, it's, it's yada. So it's a Hebrew word that means to know. Um, so I'm sure many of you know already. Um, like, knowing could be a simple understanding of knowledge, like a perceiving of things. And there are other ways of knowing in the Bible as well. Um, it's used to refer to sex and intimacy in the Bible all the time. Like, I think Genesis chapter 4, like Adam knew um, Eve. Um, the man knew his wife Eve, and she conceived and bore Cain. And the verse continues, but... And just thinking about, like, how, like... 
sex, which, like, typically you have to be naked to have sex. Maybe not, like, fully, but, um, sex can be a form of intimacy that involves knowing someone, right? And so, like, the Hebrew idea of, like, being fully naked and unashamed, like, to know someone in that way, um, there's a vulnerability and there's an intimacy to that, um, that is inherently, like, you know, it, without sin involved in this, like, is belonging, right? Like, it, it, it's just a state of belonging. Um, there's an intimacy in being fully known, um, for who you are, whose you are, and what you can contribute, um, and one act that can convey such knowing is sex, right? That is one thing that can convey something like that. It's not the only thing that can help you to be fully known. I think that's important to like be stated in a class that's about community like as a whole, but like in this instance, um, sex can be a form of that. I, I also, I agree and also think this is a very good reason as to why to be very judicious about who you have sex with. Sure. Because you are becoming known to someone and you cannot take that back. Like, yeah. you can't take that back. Do you know how many times this word is is used in relation to conception versus just sex? I don't know. I think, like, my guess would be most of the time in the Bible when it refers to sex, it refers to conception. I would assume. So, but I don't know that for sure. Isaac, Isaac, do you know that? Like, um, he's also like an Old Testament scholar, you know? (laughs) The term for conception, the the, the Hebrew is yalat. Okay. Like the word for child. Most, yeah, oftentimes it's used out with women. And then yada, yeah, with sexual relations, but also, you know, just knowledge. Sure. It could be both. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. That seems like in the context we're talking about sure. relationship and community, that conception of another being would be a knowing that. Sure. That's and also, Yada is used all the time in the Bible. Like it's used three times, I think, in Genesis chapter three, just referring to like, you know, knowing good and evil. Like God knew this. Adam knew that he was naked. Right. So it's. It's used in a lot of different ways. Um, so we're pretty close to being done. Um, so I'll just kind of like run through some of these. Um, whoops. So like the idea of like it's not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper as his partner. Um, like, partner in what, right? Like, it's in spreading Eden, right? So, like, they're together doing something, like, for, um, in order to spread, like, the garden. Um, and so, I think, maybe let's just jump down to this question, like, how is the church intended to be a community of humans gathered together to spread Eden? I, sh- I think that's an important question. And then we can be done.
Yeah. Because like being part of the kingdom of God is the idea of being in like a new like Eden you have Eden and then you have sin and you fast forward away and then you have like the new heavens and the new earth and so like the idea is returning back to a state similar to this and as a church like when Jesus comes saying like the kingdom is coming now like live into this like we get to spread the kingdom spread the garden um living just like in in what we do so so then like next week we'll be we're going to be talking about the fall um if we if we even have class next week we may i'm going to be talking to people about like if we're suspending this class in an effort to help like people go to like the new classes that we're doing um which if you haven't been to second service yet, like you will learn about that, um, but I won't tell that for <laughs> I won't tell that for the elders. So um, yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I'll pray and then we can we can. Uh, Lord, thank you for um, just such a like such an amazing group that contributes. We thank you for. Um, your word um, and how compelling it is and how beautiful it is. Um, we ask that we live into your kingdom and we live into your community um, every day. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.